Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Well, Glory family, those around, you guys can have a seat. Come on in. It is so good to have each and every one of you. I mean, I, if you are uh, in the Glory Church, like, text groups, uh, you know, oh, you're good, uh, you know that this has been an uncomfortable season for us as a church. Like, even though good things are happening, we are being stretched, uh, right? We are being, uh, it feels like we're empty in parts. Uh, I, maybe you saw, and I'll just let you know, like, uh, God is really reminding me, hey, I didn't send this out. Like, I didn't send you out uh, just thinking or already prepared. I sent you out trusting that I will prepare you, that I will provide for you. And so that's been literally my week. If you saw, we sent a a text message and a video to our Glory family. Uh, We have been raising over the course of almost a year now. We announced it in December of last year uh, that we are raising money for a new home. And we're in it, which is exciting. Uh, Visibly so, it looks like, you know, we've arrived. But our goal was set, and then our goal had to be changed uh, again and again and again and again and again. Because the city likes to promise some things and then demand other things, right? It's just, you know, that's just the city, Um, especially during renovations. Um, But... We have come to the place where our goal is 250, and we've let you guys know uh, we are at the 213, 14 range uh, in giving, and 250 is a little far off. And we're coming to the end of our renovation, but not the end of the goal. And so my wife and I, we just got a little vulnerable. This has been uncomfortable. Uh, Like, God, you called us to do this. I believe it. I watched as people sold a car. I watched as people gave their, the money that was set aside for like their pregnancy fund so that the, that mom could take off. And I watched them give that to this mission. Like I, I watched churches stand up beside us and, and give, I've, I've seen you do crazy things. I'm going to believe that you do it to, you know, completion. I'm going to bring it, I'm going to believe that you will bring it to completion. And so that was our ask to be uncomfortable with us as, as, a, as a family, as a church. And I'm excited uh, to see what happens. You know, I talk about being sent, talk about being unsafe, and then all that happened. And we're like, God, this feels uncomfortable. And he's like, I know. I told you that would happen, right? I told you it would be uncomfortable. But this morning, uh, I'm excited because we're sort of sitting back in that thought The same place where Jesus said, hey, I just want you to know I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. And we're sitting in that a little bit because Matthew's version of the story has this whole other set of dialogue that we missed if you just read Luke, which is what we read last week. You miss it. And so we're sitting, and if you want to turn to it, it is Matthew chapter 10 is where we will be this morning. And uh, it's beautiful because uh, Jesus will give us this a metaphor of sorts of how to live sent. So last week was sort of the, the why, you know, the mission. This week is sort of the how. And so I'm excited for that. Uh, 
I'm going to get a little nerdy. Anyone like, like uh, just love the Bible? I'm, I'm, I'm the weirdo that really lo- I love biblical things that come to pass. Like I love when the connections from the Old Testament to the New Testament happen. Like I'll just, I nerd out on it. We're going to see that a little bit this morning. All right, uh, stick with me. If you went to Sunday school class and heard some key stories, you're going to see some of them come into play in this. And it's really neat. Like I'm excited. Um, And I think it will also then challenge us to see things a little bit differently. So it'll be good. But Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending out the 12. Do you remember this? This is what happened. He's sending out the 12, and he says, hey, I just want you to know I'm sending you out. And he says here, see, I'm sending you like sheep into the midst of wolves. So I want you to be. And this is Matthew's the only one who has this. Luke doesn't have this. Uh, But Matthew records So be as wise as serpents and be innocent as doves. Beware of them, those wolves, for they will hand you over to councils and they will flog you in their synagogues and you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. And when they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For you are to, all that you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who will speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother. Right? That's crazy. Father will betray his child. And children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. You will be hated by all. And then we're going to pause. In this little section, Jesus sets them up, hey, go, and this is how. I want you to go, and how is live as these two animals. Not exactly like them, but these two attributes of them. I want you to be wise like serpents, and I want you to be innocent like doves. I want you to be wise as serpents, innocent like doves. We have four animals going on in this little zoo of the story today. We have sheep, wolves, serpents, and doves. Now, this is the fun thing, um, is Jesus calls us sheep, which I would say out of the majority of the animals in the animal kingdom, sheep are the dumbest. Like, can we all agree? Uh, They are the most incompetent of the the sort um, to where they will forget, they will keep falling, they will trip, they will... uh, instantly not be aware and be alone. Uh, they, they, they struggle, sheep do, and sheep are also just the natural prey to wolves. So Jesus is literally saying, I'm sending you out and you will be prey. It's not like you could be prey, you will be prey. They will smell you and want to devour you. Like that's just, the, that's the picture he's painting. And so he says, as sheep, I need you to carry with you two other attributes. I want you to be wise like serpents. Maybe your translation says shrewd like serpents. And I want you to be innocent like doves. Maybe your translation says pure like doves. Now, what I'm excited about is uh, I love the way that some of us cringe when we hear Jesus telling us to be like a snake. Anyone else just like don't like that? Like, I don't like that. Like, I don't want to be like a snake. Um, I don't like that. Uh, but we like the innocent like doves. I, couldn't, I can sit on that, but in scripture, we most likely see like dove is good, snake is bad, right? Dove is good. I mean, the Holy Spirit fell like a dove. That's good. Snake, 
tricked Adam and Eve, right? Like that's, that's what we think. And so nothing good comes from snake, everything good from dove, and we just keep going. But I'm not joking. If we set and actually ask, Lord, what is the wisdom that comes from the serpent that you made? What is the innocence that comes from the dove that you made? What are you saying as a sheep that I need to carry with me? It's some powerful stuff because wisdom in a snake's mind is, I'm excited. I'm excited to get to it. It's like mind blowing when we get into this and ask. So how do these two reconcile though? Like I love this metaphor because you see very two different animals. A snake has a very different temperament than a dove and a dove, a snake. They have very different uh, desires. They like different things, yet he's calling us to take these core little things from it. And he says, as we go out, carry it with you. So we're going to do the latter first because I want us to like sit with our dislike of snakes. Anyone hate snakes? Uh, Just a show of hands, like all snakes should die. Do we just agree? Uh, Just snakes, bad. Um, What I love, though, is Jesus tells us to be as wise as an animal that is naturally hated by the majority of mankind. Does that make, like, what, I'm excited about that. No one would desire to be in a pit of snakes. Like, no one would desire, like, the average person has a small liking to the serpent, But Jesus says, I want you to take that wisdom and run with it. So we'll use that. We're going to set that one on the shelf. And I would love to dive dive in on this dove thing. The dove thing. You see, the first time we see doves is actually in Genesis. Anyone ever notice that? Like, the first time we see a dove is in Genesis. When uh, Noah builds an ark. You remember that in Sunday school? Noah builds the ark. Uh, They have two of every kind. Two doves are obviously on the ark. And the rain ceases. And Noah sends out birds. He sends out a raven. He sends out dove. And they both come back empty-handed. And then so they wait seven more days. We'll wait. And he sends out a dove again, and the dove comes back with a branch, right? A little olive branch, proof that the land is there, proof that the promise of the Lord that I will not kill you is valid, proof that the Lord sees them. It's beautiful. The dove sees this, and if you want to take note, like, the dove scripturally saw the land and proved it to be so. I highlighted these words for a reason. You're going to see this connection every time a dove There's something seen and something proven. Every time, through the work of a dove, through the innocence of a dove, through the purity of a dove, there's something seen and something proven. And then the second time we see a dove at work, some of you saw it, I, I already referenced it. It's in Matthew 3, and it will be up there, verse 16. It says, when Jesus was baptized, Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So in the ark, the dove saw the land and proved it to be true, proved it to be so. But in this, like, the Spirit uses the dove. If you want to take that note, the Spirit uses the dove to visibly show that Jesus was God, visibly see Jesus, and to prove him to be so. This is my son, everyone heard, and I'm well pleased with him. 
Now, that's like our little like, you know, I'm going to teacher Greg, preacher Greg. We're going back and forth. That's a little teachy. This is, this is the exciting thing. When we see doves, they always um, talk about sight, what they see, and then they bring the proof of it. I'm really excited for this because um, there's this moment then that Jesus will look to his disciples on a sermon of a mount, and uh, he will use the word pure. Did you know the word innocent here? Uh, literally, when it says innocent like doves, it means to be pure, to be unmixed, to, to not have anything, un, like to be undefiled. And so Jesus one day will sit to his disciples, and he will say, Blessed are the pure of heart. Anyone know how that ends? For they will see God. You want to know something cool? I want you, Jesus says, to be gentle as a dove so that as you go on your way, you will see me. You will see me. You want to be different from the world? Be innocent like a dove because from purity of the heart comes the ability to see God at work. You want to know why some of you struggle to see the Lord in the, in the office place, maybe you're not living with some innocence there. Maybe there's some strife there. Maybe you're struggling to see the Lord at work in the home. He says, go out and be as innocent as a dove. In every dealing, be innocent, be pure. Why? Because a dove will see the Lord and show proof of it. Hand in, day out, like, right? Like, day in, day out, hand in, hand out. Uh, it will keep happening over and over. And what I love about this is uh, this is a different word. Jesus actually challenged the people, and this is a little side note. Um, this is the word that my wife's name came from, Kate, uh, the word pure of heart. This word pure in the Greek, uh, it means to be physically pure. Because the people of God uh, struggled for a long time to think, if I sin, it makes me physically impure. Like, so I have to physically clean myself in order to be visible with the Lord. But Jesus said, blessed are those who are physically clean in their heart. And the people were like, mind blown. What? That doesn't make sense. So Jesus is already saying, it's not about the, the outside. I want your purity to come from within. But then the word he uses here to talk about the nature of a dove is an inner purity. It's an ethical purity. It means the dove makes decisions based off what is good. Like it's, it's neat. So it's already an inner thought, an inner change. It is, uh, if, you, if you wanna work like in this way, the word means to be transparent from within. That's what the dove, and they can see God. In other words, if you want to take this note down, like the dove's recognition is what like bring, or the dove's innocence is what brings recognition. They can see the Lord through their innocence. They can see the Lord. That's why I love children. Anyone? I remember a time when my, my son was crying and he's a two-year-old, Jack at the time, maybe three, maybe pressing three. And he's just crying and, and we didn't understand what he was. And he's just pointing to the, the corner and saying, Jesus. And we're like, okay, I'm so confused. And he's just screaming, Jesus. And he's just pointing, and Jesus. And he's just, we're like, what do you want? And he's just pointing, Jesus. And so we started looking, and at the very, very bottom of like this huge stack, I don't even know how long it's been there, was his little storybook Jesus Bible. 
And it was like he could, he just knew, I see the Lord and I, I want that Bible. Like that was his comfort. And if you know the story with Jack at the age of two, we had to pray scripture over him because he had bad night tears. He could, he had, he would see things and it would scare him. And I just like, the innocence of children, they bring recognition. They're aware of the Lord. Have you ever noticed that? Like, they're aware of the Lord. They're they're aware of spiritual things. And it's beautiful. So he says, as you go out, keep that in a sense. As you go out, bring the proof that you see me. Make it known. And so here's a few, like, questions before we get into the fun, like, serpent piece. Like, are people in your life, like, are they recognizing the, the presence of God in you? by your actions? Like, are the people in your life are recognizing the presence of God in you, before you, through you? Like, are you living with this unmixed, ethically pure life? And that's the, that's the, ca- the challenging thing, is you're going to want to act like a wolf when you're in the presence of wolves, because that's how you protect yourself, Right? So if I fudge on this, if I change up a little bit on this, if I protect myself in this, if I maybe like just tell a little white lie here. And, and as we do this, we, we don't realize, but it does blind us from seeing the Lord at work in it. Like that's why like when, when I'm struggling, my wife is like, Greg, you're stressed and you're seeing everything through a lens of, a lens of fear and you're not seeing the Lord. Why? Because I'm not, I'm, I'm being guilty of something and not innocent of something. Does that make sense? Like we, we blind ourselves from seeing the proof of the Lord, but I love it because that's not enough is this uh, innocence of a dove. Because what Jesus knows to be true is if I just told my sheep to be innocent, they're going to get taken advantage of, right? Have you ever, like the, the downside of childhood innocence is being naive, Correct. Anyone with me on that? Like, a downside of sometimes being just only innocent is being naive, being taken advantage of, being abused, being used. And so Jesus knew, I need my sheep to be pure, but I need them to be shrewd. I need them to be shrewd. And so Jesus says, for that purpose... Uh, I'm going to let you know, I need you to be wise like serpents, because this wisdom is not only going to protect your innocence, but this wisdom is also going to, uh, you know, combat the incompetence of your sheepness, right? Like this, this, this wisdom is going to combat the fact that on our own, we are dumb, right? Like I just, I'm there on my own. I will do the wrong thing unless I ask the Lord to give me his wisdom. And so he says, I need you to be innocent, but I want you to be shrewd. I need you to be shrewd. And so the wisdom, scripture says, the snake is, this is Genesis, right? The most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God made. The snake is the most shrewd of all animals that the Lord God made. And Jesus says, I want you to be like the snake. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be like the snake. Jesus says, I want, to, I want you to be like the snake. And so I just want to say, like, what does that look like? This word wise, like, because I see the moment that Jesus deceives Eve, and then Eve turns that deception to Adam, and it just causes problems. And I'm like, snakes are creepy. They're manipulative. 
what in that is good for me? And I think it's this. If you want to take some notes, there's just some wonderful display of what happens when we take on the snake, but void of the fall. Like when we take on the snake in innocence. And it's this. Because of their wisdom, like I don't know if you realize this, but snakes can actually function and flourish in every sphere of life. Some of you are like, why am I struggling in this place? If anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask it, and they will receive it completely from the Lord. In their time of need, they'll get it. The interesting thing about snakes is um, in the water, they're there. In the heat, they're there. In the sand, they're there. Like in the grass, they're there. Like, like the crazy thing about snakes is they can function in many spheres of life. I mean, the only ones that they can function in is the North and South Pole. And, but we can just go ahead and say where there is life, there's probably snakes thriving. But think about it. Like where there is life, there's probably snakes thriving in it. And that's the crazy thing is snakes know how to function. They know how to get their food. And they know how to flourish in any environment. So Jesus says, I need you to be like a snake. Where where there will be life, you will be. Where there will be any person, you will thrive. Not because you're just a sheep, but because you have the wisdom of the serpent to function anywhere, everywhere. Another way that you could say this is they know when to leave and they know when to be seen. Like I need you to think about this practically. You know what the wisdom of a serpent they know when to be seen, and they know when to slither away. Some of you uh, need to leave certain situations, right? Like Jesus practiced shrewdness. Do you remember when mobs would come in the Gospels? And then instantly it would say, Jesus left. And you're like, how did he get away? Because he's shrewd. He slithered away. And I don't, think, I don't know if you realize that, like when a, an issue came, Jesus could escape it quickly. And the reason he could escape it is because he had this cunning wisdom. I know when to leave. And he walks out. It's getting crazy. I know when to leave. And I don't think um, we attack our thoughts like that. I know when to leave this thought. That's the wisdom of the snake. This is getting dangerous. I'm out. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where this is going, but it's not going with me. I'm going out. And I don't think we do this when in a conversation with a spouse and it's getting a little heated, I need to leave it. Not, the, not you, but this, we need to put it on, the, it's, it's getting out and it's getting destructive. The snake would slither away. You know, scripture says, um, when the enemy comes, resist the devil. And does it say, and fight him? No, it says, resist the devil and flee. A snake knows when to flee. Now, does that mean the devil is, is bigger, stronger, mightier? No. It means we're wise, and that's not our battle. The devil's not my battle. Like, resist the devil. There's times when it says temptation comes, you flee. Resist the devil, he will flee. When temptation, when temptation comes, you run. Like, there's this image of I don't stay. I know when to go. I know when to leave. But a snake's also, they're scary. They know when to be seen. They know when to slither up and eat their prey. Snakes know when to take. I mean, a, a good way to say this is like the wisdom of a snake is to know how to make the most of the situation. Like it is. The wisdom of the snake is they know when that rat is going to be there and no one else is going to be there so they can kill it. 
A snake knows how to make the most of the situation. You want to talk about Jesus being like a snake? He displays shrewdness when he tells his disciples, hey guys, let's come in a boat and go across the sea. Do you know how he displayed shrewdness in that? He was going to take the most of the situation. There's a cloud coming. I want them to experience a storm. Like, I'm literally going to put them in a place where they're going to be afraid. He's, he's practicing shrewdness. Hey, let's go across the sea. Any good sailor would have been like, no, there's some clouds coming. Like, I don't think this is a good time to go. But they're following him. And in his shrewdness, I'm going to make the most of this situation. Come. Another one, like, hey, disciples, will you go get food? And I'm going to wait by this well. And then I'm going to say, hey, woman, can you give me a drink of water? And really, I'm making the most of this conversation because I want her to say no because I'm a man. And then I want to tell her, actually, she needs water from me. Like, that's the, that's the literal, can you see the display? It's not manipulative, but at the same time, it is shrewd. He knows how to make the most of a situation. He knows how to make the most of the situation at the woman of the well. He knows how to make a most of the situation. When uh, he sits with Peter and three times says, hey, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes. And he's like, well, then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And every single time, Jesus is being shrewd, slithering up to take the bite of that fear slithering up to take the bite, the challenge of that, that lack of faith. He's taken the most of the, the time to, to challenge that sin problem. Like he chooses to, to speak into a fear that the woman at the well has. No one loves me. I see you. I'm here for you. Like I came to this well for you. You see, I, I think a lot of us struggle to do this, um, and what ends up happening is the word of God isn't heard because we're not shrewd enough to make the most of the situation. Like the word of God isn't spoken because we're not shrewd enough to make the most of the situation, to bend the conversation to the Lord. Like that, that's, that's what Jesus did. And uh, I wrote this down and some of you will not like this. Like the shrewdness of Jesus manipulates the environment to further his mission. Some of you don't like the, the word, like, manipulation. Listen, the shrewdness of the devil manipulates people. The shrewdness of Jesus manipulates a situation so that he can speak to their heart. And that's the power. Like, I need you to know, the word manipulation has two de definitions. One has the connotation that we like to say, where there's this deception a part of it. The other just says, you control it with skill. Jesus controls the storm with skill. Jesus, every one of the, the miracles, he manipulates reality to speak to someone's heart. I'm, that, that's shrewd. That's the power that we have as Christ followers to heal the sick because we can manipulate the reality in faith to speak to their heart. Because the point is not an ill-fitted reason, which is the enemy's shrewdness. It's not for his own self-seeking personal gain. It's for the gain of the kingdom. There's a wisdom that speaks to the heart. I love this because this is one of the number one reasons why many of us struggle to share the gospel because we don't pause and con consider like, how can I take what is going on and like the potter, mold this conversation into the Lord? 
Like, it's fun. Have you ever played that game? I heard that someone was doing that as a lunch last week. Like, here's a topic, turn it into the gospel. Like, I heard that that was going on at lunch last week, and there's a random topic. Have you ever thought, like, how can I turn a topic at work and manipulate it to the gospel? That's what Jesus' shrewdness does. The wisdom of the serpent knows how to get out what he wants. It's powerful and beautiful, but we struggle to do it. Another thing that I do, I used to tell this uh, being sent, here you go, uh, you're going to think your pastor is a crazy person. When I was uh, first mentoring college students, I was an older college student, they were younger ones, and I asked them at the start of the school year, what is your uh, classes? What's your schedules? And then I, I mapped out where they went. And I manipulated my day, my walk, so that I could at least see every one of them once a day. Just so that I could see them. Now, that sounds crazy, but this is what Jesus constantly does when he's like, hey, guys, go ahead. I'm going to sit by this well. Why? Because there's a woman I know who visits every day, and I'm going to speak to her. I'm going to go to this, this store. I'm actually going to go back to that. I'm going to keep going to this one clerk. Why? Because every day I'm going to make the conversation about the Lord. That's shrewdness. That's shrewdness. Like that is why, like when I taught like high school students, whenever you teach a small group and it's outside in the sun, always put yourself into the place of the sun so that you can't see, but all of them can see. Why I'm manipulating the environment to make sure they can hear and I can speak to their heart still. That's why, like, we try to keep it cool in here because if it's hot, one thing I can control is the temperature. I can't control you. That's what the enemy likes to do in his deception. But I can control the temperature to make sure I can speak to your heart clearly. I will do what I can to be able to have the voice, the word of God heard. That is shrewdness. Some of you are like, Pastor, you crazy. That's why, the, that's why the temple always had stringed instruments playing, so that when you walked in, that's why the temple had, uh, had incense going, so that when you walked in already, the environment made you think worship. The environment made you think the Holy Spirit is here. The environment. That is, is that a bad thing? No. It's I'm going to do whatever possible. Paul says to the Greeks, I became a Greek. That's shrewd. Right? To these people, I become like these people. I will change a, my, my perception. I will learn about them. I will get to know them. Why? Because it's wise, and it's how I can speak to their heart. Does that make sense? That's crazy, right? Now, granted, none of this is with the deception of the devil. All of this is with the innocence of a dove. That's how it's possible. Does that make sense? It's so neat. Like Jesus, he, he speaks to the heart in these situations, and he starts bridging people to the, the Savior. Now, uh, what I like, though, is there is one good example, and you've probably never heard of this story. Um, and if you have, like, kudos to you. There's one good example of a snake in all of Scripture, like one really good example. And what I love about it, I saved it to the last because it, it blends the snake and the dove in a beautiful way, all right? So we're going to open up this together. Like, that's going to be, be how we end, but no joke. This is like, poof, 
Like, I love it. It blends this, the snake and the dove, the purity and the wisdom so well. Because one thing I do know, Jesus knew that the wisdom is from my Father and not nothing else. Like, the wisdom of the Lord comes from the law of the Lord. So I will constantly point people to him. That's where, like, the devil gets a little off. Devil's wisdom is I will do whatever I can to point people to me, to my cause. And that's where deception happens. But true wisdom, like, right, like to fear the Lord is, to, is the beginning of wisdom. True wisdom points to the Lord. And so Jesus knew that. So here we go. It's Numbers 21. We're going to the Old Testament. Do you know this? It says, from Mount Hor, uh, they set out by the way of the Red Sea, the Israelites, and they were going, verse 4, uh, to the land of Edom. But the people became impatient on the way. Verse 5 says, the people spoke against God and against Moses, and they're like, why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no food, no water, and we detest this miserable food. Verse 6, it says, then the Lord sent poisonous serpents, maybe it says fiery serpents, among the people, and they bit them so that many of the Israelites died. It's, it's, he says, why did you bring us into the, this uh, desert to kill us or that we would die? And he's like, all right, if you want to die, here you go. Uh, it, that's shrewd. Um, but it continues, the people came to Moses and said, why? We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. So pray to the Lord to take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Verse 8 says, and the Lord said to Moses, I need you to make a poisonous serpent out of bronze, and I need you to set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. And so Moses made the serpent of bronze, and he put it on a pole, and whenever a serpent bit someone, that person would look at the serpent of bronze and live. Now, I'll let you know, wisdom of the Lord comes from knowing the Lord, the law, right? But the serpents here were literally, as sin is always, they were the image of the law. You doubt me, death happens. When we sin, death happens. The serpents came to enforce the law of the Lord. It's insane. But then, but the Lord said, like, I need you to get some bronze. Anyone know what happens when you heat bronze? You make it the Greek word unmixed, which is the Greek word pure. You, when you heat up bronze to mold it, it gets out all of the infirmities and you begin making it. So what Jesus, what the Lord told Moses to do is, I need you to make an image of the serpent, but it needs to be pure. It needs to be unmixed and I need you to put it on a pole. Now the beauty of this is literally take the image, a, a visual display of the law that is hurting them. And I want you to set it up. And as they look to it, they're looking to me, and they will be healed. Now, this is what would happen way later. Jesus is having a little, you know, Nick at night meeting with Nicodemus. Uh, Chapter 3 of John. It's like a little Nick at night. Anyone grow up with that? Yeah, he's having a little Nick at night meeting with, with Nicodemus. And he says, hey, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Jesus is literally saying, I am like that bronze serpent, wise, 
but pure. You ready? It keeps going. Jesus, fully humid, was the image of sinful man, but fully pure. That snake on the pole was the image of the sin attacking them, but pure. Wise, but pure. And what happens when wisdom is met with shrewdness, which is met with innocence and purity? What happens? People are healed. Salvation happens. Revival breaks forth. When people look to me, they will be healed. Eternal life. Redemption. This is the number one reason why Jesus says, I need you to be shrewd and I need you to be pure. Because when you're shrewd and pure, redemption will happen. People will be changed. I need you to realize when you are like the serpent, wise, and like the dove, innocent, my gospel will be proclaimed. People will look up to me, the cross, and be healed. That's why he says, I need you to go out. Like, isn't that beautiful? Like, anyone else, like, see that cool connection point throughout all of Scripture? This is the gospel. Be shrewd and innocent. Why? Because I want you to live in a way where they see you, they see me. If you want to write this down, I need the wisdom to flourish and the purity to prove. Like, that's literally what I bring in every day. I need the wisdom to flourish wherever I'm doing, whatever I'm going, that I can see, that I can leave, that I can speak into, but the purity proves that the Lord is there. How? Because they will see him through me, and there will be lives changed. There will be proof. Someone will be bit. They will look at the snake, and they will be healed. Someone will be in sin. They look at the cross, and there will be redemption. Like, that is the image of what we as sheep get to bring to the wolves. Does that make sense? That's so cool. Like, that's my nerdy done. I'm done. That's mic drop done. That's all I got, really. I need daily in my job while I deal with people, in my wi- with my wife, while I deal with my children. I need the wisdom to flourish in that environment. And I need the purity to prove that the Lord is the Lord and healing is possible. I need purity to prove that he can redeem. And that will change everything that I speak about. That will change everything that I drive, all my intentions. And you will start noticing you take a simple, you know, topic of how your day was and you will manipulate it to the gospel where they will begin looking up at the cross. That's shrewdness. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.